Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. Well, so the audio on this is going to be a little funky because we're in a different location, so it's got a little bit of echoes, and we've got four people in the room. I know, this is a new record. This is a new <laughs> record. Not established record. <laughs> well, we had four people in the Zoom room. That's true. But this is four people like in person on an episode. I'm pretty excited about this. Yeah, so uh, Jenny was so excited about what we talked about in our last episode that she came in person <laughs> just to absorb it all. So here she is in person and with our other cool people. Cor- Corey Wheeler is back. What so- up? Woo! What up? What up? So she's becoming a regular. She might be like our call-in from now on. That, I'm okay on with that. Field. I am okay with that. <laughs> we'll have extra just, like, special reports. Cor- Corey's Corner. Another one. Yeah. Wheeler. Oh. Oh, that was a Holy Spirit. We're going to figure this out. All right. <laughs> Moving right along. Maybe it's not a good idea. No, I think it's a great idea. But anyway, we also have an additional guest on the podcast for the first time. Um, Josh Polanco. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for letting me in. Yeah. It's a little, sometimes we're a little crazy. It happens. It's okay. I can handle it. Okay, good. Mostly just this, that other side of the table. <laughs> you know, someone's got to bring the charm. Oh, oh, are you, are you saying that I don't? I didn't say anything. Okay, okay. You just read between it. Yeah, I did. I did. I'm quick like that. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, Josh is here. But you want to tell us a little bit about yourself or anything that, uh, I don't know. What can I tell you about myself? Um, who, who are you? Hmm, who am I? I am a husband, a father of three. Wow. I am a corps officer, actually just commissioned. Ooh, um, yeah. The joke is that I should have been a major by now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, life takes us through uh, the desert, right? Uh, spent eight years out of the army. And um, actually talking to some of the younger officers uh, at the last Connections Retreat, mm-hmm. One of them turned to me and said, aren't you a little too old to be in this thing? <laughs> and I said, yeah, prob- probably. Um, I've been in relationship with the Army and Army people for, I would say, like 25 years. Wow. And, uh, okay. and yeah, so I am stationed in Brooklyn Park. Well, not Brooklyn Park, Minnesota anymore as a core. I do live mm-hmm. in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, but I am stationed at divisional headquarters All right. for the Northern Division. Northern Division Salvation Army. Yes. That's in Minnesota, yeah. What you got? Oh. Uh, well, I'm, I'm letting Amanda lead this thing because she's the one who's been here at CBLI, So I will just say we did not discuss that. <laughs> but okay, yeah, so, um, you know, we've been here at CBLI for those of you are just tuning in, is the Central Bible Leadership Institute. We're just kind of um, leaders and lay people can come and just get a time of refreshment teaching um, and just an intentional time of getting into the world and so we've been studying the book of James and uh, we're not through yet so the last time we talked we were um, we kind of had really just done James 2 1 and 1 1 yeah James 1 <laughs> and so, so you've covered a lot since then yeah. yes okay. yes and so we've been through uh, the end of James 3 um, as of this morning, mm-hmm. and talking a lot about um, the tongue, and um, like we said last time, I love what he had said that about that that James is like the Proverbs of the New Testament, um, because I like 
straight talk. I like things to be practical. I, I am a little bit uh, of a type A person, and I'm like, just tell me what I need to do. I don't want to live in the cerebral. I don't want, that's where my husband lives. Lord bless and keep him in his prayer closet all day. That's not where I live. I want to know, okay, how do I do A and B so I can achieve C? And so um, I like the, the straight talking of James a little bit, but you know, sometimes I talk about taming your tongue, it hits a little close. <laughs> and about how to not be, not, not be a person who easily offends or is offendable. Yeah. Because mm. yeah, it goes both ways, right? It's not just don't be offended, but also don't say things that are gonna offend people or hurt them, right? We can, we can, they always say the pen is mightier than the sword. You've heard that analogy. And I agree that, you know, with social media, you can eviscerate people with your tongue via your, your, your text online. Oh, absolutely. But people won't do it in person. No, definitely not to people's faces. Yeah. So, but we've got Josh on as another voice to the, to the table. Um, as far as what's, what are you learning here at CBLI? What are some of kind of your experience during the course of the week? And so, well, this, yeah. this uh, area of the tongue, um, the Lord's been really moving in my heart about, I think personally, but also um, just corporately as, as, a, as a people called the Salvation Army. Um, personally, one of the things that I've been convicted on a lot is this whole thing of, of uh, tone. Mm. Tone in your message, and whether it's text messages or um, Facebook messages, or even emails, personal emails or emails in the office. Yeah. Um, sometimes you receive an email, and man, um, right off the bat, you just it triggers something negative in you mm -hmm. without even wanting to be triggered. Boom! Like that's the power of words. Mm -hmm. yeah. And my fear is is that we. We take our words very lightly. One of the things that Steve Carter said that really just blew my mind this morning is, once you speak words, they're out there. Yeah. You know, and, and words have a tendency to come back to you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to eat your own words, right? And that's, that's the painful uh, part of just speaking without thinking or mm -hmm. being conscientious. But where I'm being convicted a lot on is, you know, we're in camping season right now. Mm -hmm. We have young people that are at camps all over our territory. We have officers and leaders that serve at these camps. Mm -hmm. And sometimes because camp experience is very laid back, uh, we'll kind of shoot the breeze and we'll talk about all sorts of things, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of it has to do with what, how we feel about our appointments or mm -hmm. about people or about situations. And because we're at camp, we're so relaxed that we don't keep in mind that our kids are standing all around us, mm -hmm. right? And we are wounding the souls of our kids. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, what I love about James, you talk about being practical. <laughs> uh, I believe it was chapter uh, three. It starts out by saying that um, you shouldn't strive to be a teacher because teachers will be judged more harshly. Yeah. And I think it's because of that. When you have a title, an officer, pastor, teacher, you have a position of authority. Mm -hmm. And these little ones look at us and they're like, whoa, did he or she just say that? Mm -hmm. And again, that could turn a kid away from the Lord, from his calling, um, you know. And so I'm just 
very much convicted that we need to do better with this whole thing of mm -hmm. not only the words that we say, but even the tone and how we're yeah. saying it. That's really good. I was actually sharing in my, in my small group this morning about a, um, a personal story that I had. So my dad came to faith. I was young. We kind of started attending a neighborhood church. We were the poorest people. They were the only people from the neighborhood that went to this church. Everyone else came in from the suburbs and nothing against that. But we, were, we, we knew that we stood out. And, um, and we went, and I was, I was an annoying kid. Surpri I know, everyone's shocked. Um, but I, you know, <laughs> I would, you know, talk out of turn. I'd ask a lot of questions. I combated my teachers a little bit because I wanted to know the why of what we're talking about. And there was an opportunity to go on a, mich a small mission trip, a local, like just a town over, city over. And I had worked really hard to earn the money. I think it was something like $1,200, which in my family was like a million. Like, <laughs> and I worked really hard mowing lawns, taking like to earn this money. And I remember going to the walking to the church in the afternoon to give my money to the pastor and hearing my name outside of the church, outside of the room. And the youth pastor and the pastor were talking about me, and talking about. So of course I stopped. And so they say, uh, how can we make it so Amanda can't go, but this other girl the same age can go if she, t if she comes up with the money? And I remember just standing outside this door and thinking, what is it about me that they don't want? Mm. And I just, I remember I just, just dropped everything, my whole like spirit sank and I went back. And I didn't step back into a church until my 20s. And my, my dad didn't really know. I just, I was like, I'm done. They how many years was that? 13. Seven. Seven years yeah. of just being completely turned off to church. Just, yep, yep. And I, Christians, and uh, I just, I thought, oh, you know, Christians are, and, 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 and I didn't tell people, oh, I am sad because they didn't like me because, you know, I just said, the Christians suck, and Christians are mean, and they're terrible, and they're liars, and everything's for show, and all of those kind of, I mean, I felt a little on the outskirts before, but that, like, solidified it. And I think that pastor and youth pastor probably to this day have no idea that their little conversation was overheard, you know, but, um, but that power really, and it, and I still actually have to remind myself, even when I get up to give my own sermon, I do have this voice thinking, she doesn't belong. Mm. She, she's not one of us, really. She doesn't have what it takes to be among this. And, and, and that's that words that carry power, and then I have to you know, work myself out of that or the work of the Holy Spirit to say, well, I'm still here anyway. <laughs> and I'm still talking, but, but, um, but that kind of power, it yeah. can really leave a lasting effect. But how often do we do our own flippant words? Yeah. Right. And, and I'm sure I have wounded people in my, in my own, you know, when I'm not being careful about taming, right? What does it say? It's better that a millstone be thrown over someone's neck than for them to lead a little one astray. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, those are powerful words. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how words are like seeds. Mm -hmm. Once you release them, once it comes out of your mouth, they're out there. Yeah. Right? And you yeah. don't know how they're going to land, right? And depending on, on the person, it could have a long-lasting yeah. impact. Um, my dad got into an argument with his pastor. My dad came to the Lord uh, late in his in your teens, young adult life, was on fire for God. I mean, that man was studying the Bible. He was learning how to preach. He was evangelizing. He, he was so involved in his, in his church. 
And it took one word from his pastor that just crushed him and wounded him mm-hmm. to the point that he walked away from the church and from the Lord. And he just recently passed. But he never returned back to a church because yeah. he was so wounded by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a heavy burden to think that we had leaders, people, anybody, what we say over our kids, what we say to our communities. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes when you talk about tone, it's sometimes not even the word we say. You know, um, there's a <laughs> there's this song that a church I used to sing, um, and and it and, and the words were "We are filled with joy." That was the words of the song, but the the melody was "We are filled with joy." And I just <laughs> and, and the song always made me laugh, even <laughs> because I'm like. No. Are we? This sounds like a funeral dirge. Like, <laughs> you know, it didn't match. It was a, the, the music, Disconnect, the, the yeah. disconnected, you know. And what's beautiful is that the opposite is also true. There's mm-hmm. such power in words that a word can literally mm-hmm. transform what, how you're feeling in the direction of your life. Um, I know I've had people speak into my life in key moments. Um, it, it, simple things that I still remember today mm-hmm. and made a difference, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So positive or negative, the, it just t- tends that the negative lasts longer, right? right? It's more impactful. Um, I was telling Amanda a story uh, probably months ago of my sixth grade music teacher saying, Jenny, you can't sing. I'm gonna make you the, the narrator of the school musical, like the, the music concert for all the kids singing. Yeah. She said I sang so badly, she didn't even want me messing up the rest of the kids, so I was the narrator. Now, it actually was seeing a different skill set that I had, right, of, of being able to, to open up, hey, welcome to this evening's program. Well, I mean, that was actually utilizing a gift that I had for public speaking. But why not start there? Correct, but, a, but way backhanded, right, <laughs> by saying, you sing so badly, we're going to do this other thing. She could have done it completely reverse, right, encouraging right. me, hey, you have a good speaking voice, you enunciate well, and sixth grade, you know, to be yeah. open to not terrified of in front of everybody's parents to be able to do that. And it didn't, you know, that didn't bother me even at that age. And instead she says, you can't sing. And I, ne- I didn't sing out loud. Like I had a friend in college who said, oh my gosh, I want to worship like Jenny, which was funny because I didn't sing out loud. I worshiped silently, like my mouth moved, but no sound came out because I thought I sang so badly that I would hurt people's ears. And then I was on a short-term mission trip to Russia and they needed another leader to sing for the kids. And nobody, like all of the girls were super high sopranos and the kids couldn't get up there. And they said, Jenny, we clearly know you're not gonna be a soprano. So can you just leave? (laughs) And I said, but I don't sing. Like I've never sang out loud since I was six. You know, this I'm 20, like that's 14 years of not singing out loud. And they're like, you'll, you'll do fine. Just, and they had a guitar player who was phenomenal who just said, just start singing, I'll meet you wherever you are. And he did, and it was awesome, and I could sing. Now, I'm not gonna win American Idol, but I can carry a tune. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had to get over those words, mm-hmm. and it could have been so different had she just encouraged my public speaking gifts, yeah. right? But we, we sometimes just poo-poo people in their wants or like, hey, I, I feel called to officership. Well, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Instead of instead maybe say, okay, how do we how do we work towards that? 
Because maybe in the working towards it, they find out maybe that's not actually the call, mm -hmm. right? Or maybe it is, and yay, we can encourage it, but let's work on this together. And yeah, taming the tongue is so hard. My dad always said to my, my brothers and I, think before, you, uh, think before you do anything, think twice before you say anything. Ooh. And I've always like thought of that. Now, do I always do that? <laughs> no, uh, but I do try to, and especially in sensitive circumstances. The kicker is, all circumstances could be sensitive when it mm -hmm. comes to our, our use of words. And I like that he said, though, you know, I don't, I don't have it. I guess I could get it open for me, but it says, who can tame the tongue? No one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is why it's not a thing we can do in our own strength. Right. Absolutely. Right? I'm, there's no amount of willpower I'm going to do to be perfectly controlled in my speech at all times, unless I just become a silent monk. I don't know. I don't, there you go. I, I don't see that happening. <laughs> No. Neither does anyone. <laughs> I did go four days once. I will, I will say that. I'm impressed. I am too. <laughs> I don't think I could get... No. And I had ZZ Top running through my head the whole time. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know when you have a song stuck and you have to like sing it to get it out? <clears throat> ZZ Top, she's got legs. Oh my gosh. Oh time. man. <laughs> of all the songs. So I don't know if it was the most spiritually transcendent time of my life. <laughs> well, not with that song. Did you know when you have a song stuck in your head? It's an auditory hallucination. Oh, what? You were you were hallucinating auditorily when you have a song stuck in your head. I don't know that. There you oh, go. We're learning stuff now. <laughs> we always learn stuff with Jenny. <laughs> Jenny knows. I always have all the like weird random facts. Yes, you do. But it's coming back to the power of the Holy Spirit. Correct. <laughs> that we know um, in our in our surrender, right? And and, and we talked before uh, from this week about being in the right now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when we find ourselves unable to control our tongue, it's because we are either um, assuming what someone else is saying, mm -hmm. right? So that's living in that path, you know, saying, uh, well, you didn't understand me. Oh, you, you're thinking, you know, and you're trying to, to um, smooth over something that we did or... Um, or even excuse, maybe? Excuse things. Mm -hmm. um, or we're living in that anxiety thing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and that anxiety future space. Where we're just um, we're just trying to know more, like you know, and we're just control. Control comes from there, and but living in the presence can be, uh, I think, is where we need to start in order to be able to control. Have a, that Holy Spirit obedience to be able to control what we're saying. Yeah. And no, I don't need to justify what happened before because mm -hmm. I don't live there anymore, and I don't need to find out every single thing about the future because <laughs> it's not happening yet. Right. I can just be. But the right now, and the and whatever information I'm getting is what I need, yeah. and we can just be quieter. I know I can do that. I'm still talking. Someone else should talk. <laughs> well, and it's it's one of those things that yeah, the tongue is very difficult to tame because I think you know we have bad habits from years and years and years, mm -hmm. and some of us are walking around with trauma in our lives. Mm -hmm. So anything that anybody says may trigger something within us and we'll say it right without thinking um, and without wanting to but mm -hmm. we're triggered that way and I think uh, Steve Carter had a lot to say about that mm -hmm. that we need to have a a vision for the type of person we want to be so as a believer what is our vision as a believer mm -hmm. um, he talked about um, intentionality and he also talked about method mm -hmm. that we should we sh it's almost like we should have a rule of life you know, mm -hmm. 
how, how do we want to improve? How do we want to be different between now and like Thanksgiving, right? And then be intentional about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what that looks like yet. Um, but I know there was a period of my life when I was going through a lot of depression, and anxiety that my brain would take over and I would wake up in the morning with thoughts in my head, mm-hmm. right? And it wasn't things that people were telling me. It was me telling myself things and they were very defeating. Yeah. And um, I read somewhere, I don't know where it was, that our brains are the most powerful organ in the world and yet the dumbest <laughs> because it tries to make sense of our world around us and it kind of helps us to create a plan for our safety but sometimes mm-hmm. it's wrong yeah and so literally you have to tell yourself if you're the type of person always ruminating on things or, or thoughts are coming to your head that are negative you literally have to say stop or say it's just a thought mm-hmm. and then and then just stop, stop it in its tracks and I did it for like six or seven months mm-hmm. every morning I'd have all these defeating thoughts and I would say it's only a thought it's only a thought, and I would break that cycle. Mm. Um, it's not fact. So it's not fact. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That can definitely be a difficult thing. If my brain is like that, it, it, I'm constantly, my brain's turning through things. And sometimes it'll, it'll catch almost like a broken record that gets stuck. We're all of an age where we know what broken <laughs> records yes. are, right? Yes. And it skips, and it's just like on this thing, and it won't go. And so I have to, stop, stop. And it's, it's the dumbest things, like things that, you know, happened 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And like, come on, it, first of all, it was 30 years ago, like calm yourself down. But yeah, just a thought, stop. What? What are you laughing at over there? <laughs> calm yourself down. Calm yourself down, woman. <laughs> we, we think that's crazy that we talk to mm-hmm. ourselves, but the psalmist did it all the time. Yeah. Absolutely. He would speak to his soul. Mm-hmm. Hey, soul. It's time to praise the Lord, right? right? So in the same way, I think we, we need to do that to ourselves as well. We're not crazy, mm-hmm. right? I think it's just a way of counteracting those negative, negative voices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if we can get that, if we can surrender each of those things to the Holy Spirit, how much, how much freedom would we have then, right? And what a great thing to do this all in community. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And to have and to have grace. I mean, um, you know, three fourths of this table is married, but <laughs> but um, I think that's part of what growing in marriage is 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 working out those imperfections in grace, mm-hmm. right? To say, you know what? Uh, well, I could just speak only from my context. But, you know, <laughs> um, I tend to jump the gun on my husband and assume what he's thinking. He is a a slower processor than I am. Not that he's dumber than me, but he just takes a minute to think about things before he speaks mm-hmm. and that way he's gentle. I am a, I, I get the information, I process it, uh, this is what I think should happen and let's move on to the next task. And he's still over here and so I used to, and sometimes I still do, but I'm a lot better, I used to just finish our conversations. So I'd say my part, then I'd say what he's probably going to say, and then I'd say my part again, and then I'd say his part again, and then I'd be like, okay, we're all on the same page, right? And he's like, what? Okay, comes up, you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, you've seen me do that. I have, I know. <laughs> that's why. I know. Yeah. And um, and so I had to take, I have to learn through and through the grace of him that he says, he just he does usually does this motion of down like saying, can you just be quiet? And I used to like be like, what did you say? You know, like, <laughs> it's like a different kind of like hand, yeah, hand you know? yeah. <laughs> down. But I've learned it's not a. He's just saying, <clears throat> make room for me. 
Right. Oh, I like that. Make room for me, you know. Um, and so I do, and I have to sit. And sometimes, like, I actually, at the beginning of learning to do this, I had to sit on my hands and be like, you have all my attention. <laughs> now go. <laughs> but it was a process of, of, and he had the grace to allow me to fail in those things a little bit mm-hmm. so that our marriage could grow and I could make space for him. And now it's easier. It's become a habit that I'll start to go and go and go and he'll just do the hand motion down mm-hmm. and it'll be my signal to shut up mm-hmm. and let, give space to, and not just him, anybody. Yeah. You know, and, and, and because we have that relationship, we can do that. And I think that's what community is for each other mm-hmm. is, um, you know, and I've shared this story before about one of my soldiers who had to tell me, you're acting crazy and you're being mean. Right. <laughs> you yep. need to stop. That's not who you are. And uh, to have people in our lives that can do that and say, we're doing this together, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It's, we, when we mess up, and, I, and I, love, I love the end of James, the very last bit of James, so I'm jumping ahead in the, in the text because I can't sit still. Um, <laughs> in the five, you know, where he says, 19, my dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death Ooh. and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. And we think about the power of life, right? The power of our tongues for life. When you see a person that's struggling, and sometimes in our hierarchy of Salvation Army, we don't want to be that one. We're like, I hope someone at DHQ is noticing because <laughs> I don't want to say anything. But... Um, we need to be people who, with our gentle tongues, bring people back in from the brink when they're, when they're stuck there. Mm-hmm. And speaking in, I mean, you can see it, right? <clears throat> speaking in cycles of negativity for themselves, for others, for whatever, to say, hey, let's think about this differently. I'm here with you, I'm not judging you, I'm not, <laughs> I know what that's like. And just to say, bring it down. Right. Make space. Make space, you know. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of relationships when you can have people in your life that do that, mm-hmm. and to say we're all on the same road together. Right. Right. We're all we're all headed towards the same place. And when someone's stepping off a little bit, to just be able to, mm-hmm. with your words, to say that's not who you are. What is your vision for you? Is it this? Right. Because it usually isn't. Mm-hmm. And to say. How did we get here, and how do we get back on the road? Right. Well, a good question to ask somebody who's in that kind of place is, um, when you think of your best you, mm. is this your best you? Mm-hmm. Is this is this how you are when you think you're you're doing it the way you should be doing it? Because I know when I, I got asked that question um, by a, a close friend, and I was like, oh yeah, this isn't my best me. This isn't how I am when I'm at my best. I need to check my self, you know, and uh, kind of take a step back and, and realize I'm headed down. I, I fell off the path somewhere. Or maybe I didn't fall off the path, but maybe I'm getting close to the falling off the path, you know. Um, I was just at uh, our Bible study at, at our core last night where we're going through the, the same book that we've been talking about on the podcast. And we're, we're kind of taking it super slow. And it's frustrating some of the people who are kind of uh, a little bit more gifted maybe in the, in the class. And I said, look, guys, we're going slow because we want to flesh this out. We want to do it right. Mm-hmm. I said, we could get through the material 
super fast and it makes no impact whatsoever on any of us. But if we go slow and we go together and we can check each other and we can talk about it, that's going to make us better in the long run. Right. And that's and, the Emotional Healthy Spirituality. Right, the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality book. It's fantastic. Um, but that's the thing. In community, you can do that if you have a, if you have a community that's trusting, that respects each other, mm -hmm. and that takes time to build. And one thing, one word, back to the tongue, mm -hmm. one word spoken in anger, or one word spoken in a tone, or one word spoken just flippantly can really hinder that cohesiveness of the family of faith. Yeah. And so it's, it's a couple things. One, checking yourself to maybe, so you're, you're not the one making that comment, but also having grace and, and mercy for those who screw up, right? And saying, oh, she really offended me with that word. Okay, but can we, can we get past it? Can we you know, find some reconciliation? Can we find some forgiveness? Can we work through that you know, comment? Because maybe she said it half-heartedly or as a poorly worded sarcastic joke, or maybe she just meant it in frustration and anger because of what happened two hours ago, right? And so can we work through those things? And if we have a, com uh, a comradeship of sorts, if we have a family um, dynamic in that community, it's easier to do, right? Because we trust that comments are made out of love and not hate. Comments are made out of a place of, I want you and me to be better in Christ. And then you take things better, right? If I, I don't know you as well, Josh, but I know these two ladies pretty well. And I know that if they said something to me that seemed hurtful, I would, I, would, I would take it from a perspective I know they love me and care about me and probably said it because I needed to be put in my place. Or they said it out of some, something that's going on in their world. right? But if we have that relationship, we can speak into people's lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that relationship piece is it's what's difficult. I mean, I, we're very close to each other as mm -hmm. Salvation Army people, right? We yeah. go to a lot of events and a lot of camps, and even officers. We spend a lot of time together, but yet we're not very intimate with each other. Right. And part of the reason we're not intimate is because we've tried being intimate with one or two people and they've betrayed our trust, Yeah. right? One of the things that caught my ear, uh, I think it was yesterday, uh, Steve Carter said that uh, trust is built with consistency and safety. When you yeah. have safety and consistency, mm -hmm. then you have trust. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know about you, but my, my, my people, mm -hmm. they're very few. Yeah. I can count them in one hand, yeah. mm -hmm. primarily because I still have a hard time trusting people. Yeah, yeah. Right? absolutely. Um, and yet I know that, like you said, community is so important. Mm -hmm. We need it, you know? There's no reason that we should be doing life alone. Yeah, absolutely. Man, such good stuff. What do you think, Corey? You've been quiet this, most of this time. I have been quiet. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's true. Like, I, I kind of question, like, why don't I have people that I, I trust who I can call? And I've kind of, I don't know, thought about that for a long time. Like, why don't I have close, close friends? And um, I don't know if it's because like growing up I moved so much and I didn't really make those, you know, learn how to trust those people, those friends. Um, I mean, there are people now that I can call and, um, you know, confide in, but I still, and I don't know if it's me, 
like the wall is up and I can't really be vul that vulnerable. Um, and so I would love to like be super vulnerable with people, um, but I also don't want people to go, oh, I don't want to deal with you. Right. So I just sometimes don't. Yeah. It's yeah. hard. It's, it's hard, hard to be vulnerable because you don't know what the reaction's going to be. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Somebody could be like, yuck. Yeah. Or they could be like, ooh, juicy details to share with everybody. Right. Right? Right. right. That's what I get nervous about. Because you don't know who to trust. Right. Yeah. It's hard. It is. Well, so I guess if, uh, is it my time? I mean, if you want. <laughs> so you I might... always get to do final thoughts, but sometimes I jump it. Well, you then... can, we're, we're at the, about the time that we usually start wrapping up. So if you want to have a final thought. I'm unless, more... unless I would like to make space at the table for anyone else. Final thoughts. Okay. <laughs> um, um, be careful when, when someone is coming. I, I would just say to ourselves at the table and uh, then when listening, know that when people are telling you things, it's a vulner. It's it took courage to do that mm -hmm. and to just be respectful of the space that that it, it that it's in. I think part of being a Christian is curbing our own hubris. Yeah. And sometimes we also like to be fixers. Well, at what? least I like to be a fixer, but to just rest in the space, which I think is something I heard you say. Um, maybe not at this time, but I've heard you say that before about just, and um, be a person who uses their tongue for good in as much as you can. And if you struggle, journaling is a great outlet to get all of the frustrations out so that it doesn't end up on somebody else's back. Or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Jenny and I have a thing where we're saying, right now I'm just venting. And I'm doing an event for about 22 minutes, and I'm gonna get all the things out, and then it's out. And, and that's healthy. And, and that's that's yeah. what I do with Andy, because yeah. in you know um, we've been married almost 22 years, and mm -hmm. um, you know where I will just spew whatever, mm -hmm. and he's like, okay, you know how how can I fix this, you know type thing, and I'm like, I don't want no, you to fix and it. Done. Done. And so now I'm like, I just need you to listen, because I just need to just mm -hmm. vent. I don't want you to do anything. Just let me get it out. Um, and so that's a learning thing. Yeah. And you know what? We could hold to the excuse that we just don't trust anybody, mm. right? Yeah. And then not do the work that we need to do within ourselves and also the work that it takes to be in community. I don't think that's a good enough excuse. And I guess what I'm, my challenge to everybody who's listening right now is yep. if your spouse is not the person you want to talk to, mm -hmm. then find a coach. If yeah. the coach is not a person you want to talk to, then hire a spiritual director. There you go. If a spiritual director is not the person you want to talk to, then hire a life coach. Find who that person's going to be, but by all means, just understand that if you don't process what is going on inside of you, mm -hmm. then what's going to happen is you're going to be that toxic person that explodes in somebody else's face, and you're going to cause more harm than good, all because you weren't intentional about dealing what's inside of you, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and, I'll, and I'll finish with this other thought. Steve Carter said that the best leaders out there are those leaders that make or hold space for others. Yes. And holding space is nothing more than just having the space available for someone to just be without, without trying to fix them, just mm -hmm. listening, you know, being supportive, being that presence, that loving, accepting presence so that 
they can process what they need to process mm -hmm. in a safe environment. Right. And that's why we brought the big brass today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely great stuff. I, I could talk all afternoon, um, but I know that there are other things that need to happen here for people. So, but thank you, Josh, for being on. Thanks, Corey, for being on again. Uh, and Amanda, it's always, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, we're, we do this thing. So um, with that, we'll conclude. And uh, we always conclude because, again, I think it's so important that God blesses us. Why? So we can be a blessing to others. All right. We'll catch you guys next time.